What, what you doing in my car? What car? That car drove out of this town three years ago. No, no, no. no. I, I bought a car. It was right there yesterday. There were two guys working on it. There was nobody here this morning. Son of a bitch. What happened, Riley? Did you get fucked? Come with me. <laughs> you got fucked! <laughs> Welcome everyone to a new episode of My Bleeding Ears podcast. This is episode number eighty-three. Has to be. It has to be now. I mean, I, <laughs> I totally screwed the last one up. <laughs> Whoops. Oh well, not a big deal. So, how are you, Jesslyn? Um, today is our fourteen-year anniversary. Time. It's a long time. Are you tired of me yet? Uh, no, no, you, oh, uh... there was a long, uh, there. No, well, I was just, I was gonna start saying things that, you know, I, if I was tired, we wouldn't be doing this podcast anymore, and... True. Who would want to live anymore, really, so... Keeping it spicy with the podcast. Oh, ooh. <laughs> Should we do, like, a spicy podcast where we just review, like, Skinamax movies? <laughs> this one stars Shannon Tweed. This one stars Shannon Tweed. Yeah, I'd do that. All right, cool. Pretty good. <laughs> Just a bunch of Jim Wynorski movies. Pretty much, yeah. <laughs> well, we haven't watched any Jim Wynorski movies in a while, actually. Mm-hmm. Um, he doesn't really put out any good ones anymore, so... Not that the ones before are all that great, but they're enjoyable. Now they're just like softcore porn yeah. movies for Skinamax. Not that there's anything wrong with softcore porn, either. Not at all, no. I mean, <laughs> you know, the funny thing is with a lot of... Uh, a lot of these softcore porn movies too that appear like on Cinemax and whatever, they are cut porno movies where they you know uh, they simulate a lot of it. They're like, all right, now let's film the other movie kind of thing. It's weird. I actually saw one one time on, uh, I think it was like Cinemax or something like that, and then I saw the porno of it years later. I'm like, holy shit, I remember this. Like same actors and everything. Same actors, everything is the same <laughs> exact same thing, but all this like. Hardcore stuff was cut out. I mean, when you've got a good story, why try to come up with something? Yeah, I don't know. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> the story. <laughs> uh, I remember the girls were wearing like camouflage bikinis, so obviously they're in the military. Obviously. So. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, um, we just saw the reboot, remake, remix of Child's Play in the theater mm-hmm, a few we days did. ago. Uh, we actually um, saw that for our real anniversary because we got married right around when we met, uh, a few days actually before. Seven years later. Seven years later. Yeah. So we like doing <laughs> things by sevens. Yeah. And seven is my favorite number, so mm-hmm. hey, here we go. <laughs> and there have been, what, like seven Child's Play movies too, I bet? I feel like there are more than that. There no, can't be only seven. All right, well, let's count them. There's the first right. one, second one, third, third one. one. Bride. Bride. Uh, then there is a uh, son or no, something. No, uh, seed. Seed. That's five. Then there was curse. Curse, and then there was another one after that too. That's seven. Yeah. Then there's this one that's eight. So there's eight. Eight movies. Yeah. 
Well, shit. Well, it just blows that this, theory. <laughs> this isn't a sequel. It's a reboot. Oh, reboot. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Okay. <laughs> you liked this one, didn't you? I thought it was funny and decently mm-hmm. gory. I had a good time. I thought Mark Hamill only did the Joker laugh once, so it wasn't yeah, distracting. True. Uh, and he wasn't menacing really at all in this movie as Chucky because Chucky is way different than the original because this one is a programmer purposely programmed in that way to get back at a boss and then the one prior to that was through voodoo so it's it's way it's way different but it still deals with a murderous doll named Chucky right but I I don't know. I thought this was... I guess I don't want to spoil it too much. I'm not going to... Yeah, we won't spoil it at all, really. I liked that change, that it wasn't a possessed doll. I am fine. a doll with, like, all the safeties taken off of it. <laughs> I'm fine with that, too. I'm yeah. totally fine with it. But their execution, I think, was... Especially towards the end, I think, was pretty... I don't know, just mediocre. You wanted more blood and guts at the end. Yeah, you had that opportunity. You have a store full of people Yeah. filled with tons of Chuckies. Hey man, just go nuts with this shit. This is what you gotta do now. You have to do that with this movie. You can make it not, well, uh, reasonably different from the original. Uh, Yeah, I think it was reasonably different from the original. It was, it was. But it's it followed the same steps as the other one it did. It does. You're right. And they could have just went balls out with this movie. But I think their budget or lack thereof really held them back in okay. making this movie. If you look at this film, there's only, what, two, three set pieces yeah. in this entire film. The apartment, the outside of the apartment, and the store. Right, right? that's yeah. it. And you mm-hmm. think about the original movie, they're all over the place. They're in an yeah. apartment. They're in a psychiatric place. They're in... Fucking Cabrini Green of Chicago, you know, right. bad neighborhood of Chicago. Mm-hmm. And this movie, yeah, it's just confined all these these smaller places. It's apartment uh, building, I should say. Yeah, because well, you yeah. get to see the halls and stuff too. Right, right? yes. <coughs> so they really cut back on that. Uh, I just think I got way more out of the original than I did this one. Uh, it like I said though, if they would have really went balls out at the end, then I would have given this a much better grade as of now I'm giving it a C minus because it's still enjoyable Mm -hmm. but why at the same time yeah I give it a solid B I felt like it was kind of a new story Andy's 13 years old in this right yeah true I mean I don't remember did they just move in Child's Play the original oh the original I don't recall in this they had just moved right his father had clearly just up and left and so they moved. Yeah, up and left or, or died. It's really never explained, actually. Yeah, I guess I assumed left because there's a point where he's kind of mad about it. But I guess that yeah, he could still be dead. You can be mad about that, too. Yeah. Yeah. And it's cool to see Aubrey Plaza as a mom. Mm-hmm. Have her stepping out in a different kind of role, but yeah. still being Aubrey Plaza. <laughs> kind of, yeah. <laughs> but yeah, Believable I, as a mom, I thought. Especially yeah. with a 13-year-old. Yes. I was like, mm, yeah. she's a real young mom, but okay. Yeah. Hey, make it. Realistic, you know, yeah. <laughs> absolutely. Uh, yeah, C minus for me. Uh, um, it could have been so much better. Yeah, I agree. It could have been gorier at the end, um, but I enjoyed it. I thought it was funny. I thought there was some decent gore throughout. A couple of very satisfying deaths. There were, yes, I agree with that. Brian Tyree Henry also in this and adorable, <laughs> which he's not typically. I mean, I wouldn't call his character in Atlanta adorable at all, mm-hmm. and in Widows, definitely not. And he's—I no, don't know—I think he's just really likable in this. 
Yeah, he is um, likable. Um, but is he as likable as Chris Sarandon? Yes, I know. <laughs> I guess I've seen Brian Terry Henry more than you have. So I guess I so. Maybe I have stronger feelings about him than you do. Uh, probably. Um, Mark Hamill, I thought, did a really good job. Because the doll isn't necessarily evil from the start. Right, yeah. And I thought he did a pretty good job of his voice sort of evolving into that monster. Yeah. I give it a solid B. I mean, it's very passable, and I'm sure there are enjoyable moments in this. But, like, you know, with the, the Jason reboot that came out, or the Freddy Nightmare yeah. on Elm Street movie came out, or that, all these other No, the other Freddy ones. one was terrible, and maybe yeah. that's because I was a lot more invested in the material than I was in Child's Play or Friday the 13th. True, true. I, I agree with that. That does no, go a bit deeper. Except I disagree because they tried to make Freddy somehow sympathetic. Nope, that Freddy reboot was awful. Well, yeah, they did that, <laughs> but then they totally went back on that. Though. Yes. Like, yeah, like, wait a minute, hold on. Yeah. Here's the real thing. Yeah, he's not sympathetic at all. Good. Yeah, I hated that. <laughs> yeah, Friday the 13th is largely forgettable. It is a movie it that is. I'll watch every now and again because yeah. it's fine. Yeah, it's... It's child's play. And it's I think, fine. Yeah, this will... Friday the 13th. Right, right. right. Yeah, 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 exactly. It's well, fine. this, yeah, exactly. Once this is on Netflix, I'll probably throw it on. It's fine. Sure. I liked it. I had a good time. <laughs> and you give it a C-, minus, but you laughed consistently through the entire thing. You I did, did, yeah. And it's I not laughed. as though the movie didn't intend to make you laugh. It's supposed to be funny. <laughs> <laughs> I laughed during Veronica. So. Well, that was mostly not, internally, but that was not an intentional on Danzig's part. He did not mean for you to think that was funny. Child's Play is leaning into the silliness of this horror movie. Yeah, and it it, it does kind of move things towards the future too. Um, it sets it up for a sequel, kind of. Yeah, kind of, and how it works with technology also. Mm-hmm. Uh, not voodoo. Which, yeah, I, mean, I like that because it the doll connects to everything. Yeah, yeah, and that's, that's nuts. Cool. That's awesome. Yeah, you can, I mean, you Siri, set them up for something. Fucking Alexa, crazy. they do that. Yeah, yeah. Like I like I keep saying, they set them up with all these powers to do yeah. some crazy shit. That's true. And yeah, never takes that home run swing. Yeah, wasn't satisfied. I'm sorry. I get it. Maybe the sequel. How is this making money? Do you think they'll make a is sequel? It okay. Okay. Who knows? I hope they don't. They probably will if it oh, made enough know. money. They're gonna, I've already read that they're making that how, another Halloween sequel. It's like no, oh, stop yeah, it. Yeah, I know. It's like, I you know. Did it, you finished it. That was perfectly. Over. It didn't need to. It, did, it doesn't it didn't need, need to. to. Be a sequel. Jamie Lee Curtis should have given them a hard no on doing another and one. I believe she's coming back. But for this she's one. yeah. She didn't. She said she might do another one. So yeah. Halloween, how many more times do you have to shoot yourself in the face? <laughs> Seriously. <sighs> no. <So>, child's Play. <laughs> I say go see it. Larry says maybe see it when it's free on TV. Or uh, bootleg it. <laughs> <laughs> uh, the, the next movie that we watched is way different than Child's Play. Yes. It's uh, Under the Silver Lake. Yeah. Um, by, uh, what's his name? David uh, Robert Mitchell. The David guy who did Robert It Mitchell. Follows. Right. So I was really looking forward to this movie because I loved It Follows. It's Me too. It's a fucking beautiful, yeah. awesome movie. Mm-hmm. Uh, and this movie is, isn't like It Follows at all. It's very no. different. Yeah. Um, what do you think this movie is, is 
supposed to be. And it's very, it's kind of confusing, but you have to kind of sit on it for a little while to see what the yeah. director's trying to give you. I definitely didn't know what to think once the credits ran, except it's two hours and 25 minutes. <laughs> so there was that for me. Um, it's definitely an homage to film noir, Hitchcock, yes. old-timey thrillers. Oh, um, there are even some Hitchcock like jokes in there. Yes, I don't even remember what they are. Throw, yeah. yeah, Easter eggs. Or I shouldn't say jokes. Easter eggs. Um, I think ultimately what I got out of it when I thought about it for a while was that it was about like a system of Hollywood that eats women up. Mm-hmm. Even the main character doesn't necessarily respect them or know any. Like doesn't know anything about this one. So the premise is. Uh, Riley Keough, my new girlfriend, uh, moves into his building, Andrew Garfield. He meets her, he gets to know her for like two hours, and then she disappears. And the whole movie is about him trying to find her. Right. And then there are other, th- there are other themes too. There's a dog killer on the loose, mm-hmm. and all kinds of weird stuff going on. Right. Yeah. Uh. So, I don't know, that's what I got about it. Like a system that chews up women and spits them out. Um... Because, yeah, he doesn't necessarily know her. It's really just, like, a, the principle of the thing to, to find her. Um, I don't know. Maybe consumerism? I don't really know how to fit that in there. I think that's probably something that I say when I'm not quite sure. What <laughs> consumerism, that's what it is. <laughs> um, this movie, yeah. it, it reminded me of... You're not a big fan of Donnie Darko. That's not true. I like Donnie Darko. Yeah, I like Donnie Darko a lot. I think it's... I remember catching that movie like in the middle, being like, holy shit, I gotta see this from the beginning. And finally I did, and I was like, wow, this is a really good movie. I enjoyed it a lot. Didn't understand a lot the first few times, but then I kind of grasped it as I was going along for like maybe the third time. And um, his follow-up movie, which was, what, Southtown? Uh, I think his name's Richard Kelly, who did that movie. Southtown was a fucking mess of a movie. Okay. Do you we, we had The Rock, Sarah Michelle Gellar. Oh, yeah. It's not South it's not Southtown. <laughs> I know what you're it's, talking yeah, about. It's yeah, it's something like that. It's his it's his next movie yeah. after Donnie Darko. And it was well, a few years. In interviews, he talks about what he thinks Donnie Darko was about. Mhm. And I feel, I, I, he said, like, aliens or something like that. And I was like, I feel like he didn't even understand what kind of movie he was making. <laughs> so maybe that's why his second movie was not good. Yeah, it was just a bunch of different pieces put together and rearranged to resemble Repo Man, kind of. You know, that's what yeah. it kind of reminded me of. I'm looking it up now. So this is what it kind of reminds me of, is that this um, this director made a great movie with It Follows, and he followed it up with something it seems like it was... A lot his idea, and he was kind of let run loose with it. Yeah, but he did write and direct It Follows, didn't he? Right, right, right. That's true. Uh, so I, I kind of... It's kind of uh, uh, measuring it with, with Richard Kelly's movies because of how different this next one was and how kind of all over the place it was. Um, so, was yeah. it Southland Tales? Southland That's, Tales, right. yeah. Okay. Um in that movie, yeah, that movie was a fucking mess. Like Kevin Smith's in that movie for some yeah. reason. <laughs> yeah, I, I, don't I barely remember it. Exactly. Yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, it was a fucking weird mess of a movie. Um, but this one, this one is kind of it, it. felt a lot like that to me, but it was done better, and it 
I was focused a lot more with it. There weren't as many characters in this one. You you pretty much just followed Andrew Garfield. Him, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, Great does, casting. Yes. I, yeah, I, they couldn't have picked a better guy to do this because I shouldn't like him, but I kind of do. Because <laughs> it's yeah. Andrew Garfield. I can't help it. Yeah, I like yeah. how he beat the piss out of like a few 13, 14 year olds. They were <laughs> fucking up his car and cars on the street. That was funny. That was pretty funny. <laughs> And he's not the most likable character either. No, definitely not. No. That's my point. Yeah. That Andrew Garfield can kind of make him like likable just purely by being him. I don't know. <laughs> so you did like it. I was I afraid did. you were going to say you didn't. I, yeah. I did like it. Not afraid, like it. but... Yeah, I, uh, I'll give it a B- really, because this is a movie you guys should really see for yourself. Yeah. If, if um, you got two hours, two and a half hours, and you liked it, follows, and you want to help support this director, but I guess you really just have to pay attention to detail in this movie too, like you had to with It Follows, because there's a lot of shit I Definitely. picked up the second time around with that movie. And I'm sure there are tons of film noir Easter eggs. Like I think I said it was maybe a love letter to film noir and Hitchcock, and yes. maybe we just don't love that genre enough. Right? Yeah, that's a really it. good like, point. Like, we love Shaun of the Dead, because mm-hmm. we are very familiar with the horror genre, especially the zombie yes. horror genre, and that was a love letter to that genre, and we noticed all the little Easter eggs in it. So maybe if somebody comes in loving old film noir, then you're going to really appreciate this movie. Yes. Right? Yeah, I agree. Yeah. It is very Hitchcockian, and yeah. even in a playful way, too. Yeah. So, yeah. Check this one out. Uh, hell, I might even change my mind about this film once I watch it again. I'm interested in seeing it again, definitely. Yeah. You got yeah. the two and a half hours to spare? Yeah, right? It's a little too long. <laughs> I had a, I'm trying to find a joke about uh, the dull bits cut out, because that's something that Hitchcock says, that drama is just life with the dull bits cut out. And I feel Pretty like much. there were some dull bits in this movie that could have been cut out that weren't. There were, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, there were. Um, I can kind of see the same thing with the movie Suspiria. There were, yeah. it kind of seemed, like, I, I was intrigued by the whole Me movie. Me too, and it but, was long. And yeah. I can I can understand how some people will, will think that there's a lot of scenes in there where they just go on a little long. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think... In that movie, it really sets a mood. It does. But You're this right. one, it doesn't. So um, I really want to see Suspiria again. Yeah, that's I do too. Awesome. Yeah, <laughs> definitely. Um, but yeah, I um, check it out. B minus. Definitely check it out. B. Maybe Deal. that grade will go up when we exactly. see it again. Yeah. Under the Silver Lake. Coming up next, our movie of the week, and I am going to convince every single person out there about this movie. So, hold on tight. (laughs) You're listening to the Prescribed Films Podcast Network, home to hundreds of hours of free podcast entertainment. The shows on this network all have a common goal, providing you with the best discussions about movies and other forms of entertainment media. The PFPN hopes to fill your ear holes with audio joy. Visit our website with links to all the other amazing shows at www.thepfpn.com. Thanks for listening.
movie of the week is the 1989 horror sci-fi underwater film Deep Star 6, directed by Sean S. Cunningham, who you may remember from the Friday the 13th movies. Mm -hmm. Uh, He directed the first one. He did. Um, It's very important right there. Um, I remember first seeing this movie about halfway through, um, but that's like right when it starts to pick up the movie, because the first half of this is kind of slow. More than the first half. Um, well, how do you know where I first saw this movie? I'm just saying more than the first half is a little slow. It's a little slow, but there's a reason. There's a good reason for that. So, uh, I, I caught this movie in, probably when I was about 9 or 10 years old. And I liked it a lot, actually. It's a, It came out right around a bunch of other underwater films. Um, you had, like, The Abyss, the James yeah, Cameron movie. Leviathan. Leviathan, I which I liked to, yeah. a lot. Mm-hmm. Which is strange that you would compare this movie, uh, Leviathan, to this movie, because it really only has one thing in common, and it, it takes place underwater. Well, same with The Abyss. Same with The yeah. Abyss, true. Mm-hmm. And we'll get into that in a second. Yeah. But um, there's some pretty well-known actors in this, but you don't know them all that well. I mean, you, you'll you be like, oh, it's that guy. Yeah. Oh, it's that guy. Oh, it's that guy. So, um, some of the actors in this film is, um, his name is Greg Evigan, who was, um, I remember him uh, uh, as from My Two Dads, right? And I never saw BJ and the Bear, but he was like the star of that. And yeah. He did a lot of other movies. General Hospital. Yeah, My Two Dads. Yeah, That's he, what it was. He was, uh, he's kind of the main character of this, this film. The way this movie opens up, actually, is with the the cast, uh, the credits coming down from uh, the top of the screen, which I thought was kind of cool because it's it gives you a feeling of sinking in mm-hmm. a way. And the um, when they start with the credits, it's all the actors, but they go by um, uh, alphabetical order, so they don't give uh, Greg Evigan top billing because which he is, he's like kind of the hero of this movie. He is, but it's an ensemble cast. It is, and that, yeah. I think that is very important for this movie because you throughout this movie, you're not based around one central character or two central characters. It's a whole ensemble. Mm-hmm. Um, it begins, though, with our two main people, which are... Um, her name is uh, Nancy Everhart, which she was in the, the Punisher movie from, from 89. Mm-hmm. Uh, her and Greg are in this underwater station, and uh, they, they have a relationship together, and you see this relationship forming, and then you don't get to see... Greg, whose name is McBride in this movie, you don't get to see McBride in this movie for like the next half hour again. Yeah, He's I almost gone. forgot about him. And then exactly. He shows up yes. Again. <laughs> then he shows up again. But we're getting to meet all these different characters. Yeah. And we're we're kind of kept guessing which characters are the main characters in a way. If you haven't mm-hmm. seen this movie before, because we have another character here, uh, Naya Peoples, who I mean I have missed her throughout time and and have never really recognized her and stuff. But you recognized her in Pretty Little Liars. Yeah, she plays Emily's mom in Pretty Little Liars. Right. Um, she's also, she was a regular on The Young, Young and the Restless. Lots of TV. Tons. All of these actors have done huge, tons of TV. Huge TV. And are still doing yes. lots of TV. <laughs> Night Peoples is still working. Yeah. And she can be made out to be like one of the main characters of this movie. Because mm-hmm. she's a scientist. She's very pretty. And she takes over for about 20 to 30 minutes of this film. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and then you have um, Miguel Ferrer, 
who always plays like a shit heel character, which he pulls it off perfectly he in this does, movie. He does, but he's complicated in this. Yes, he like, is. I feel for this guy. I do too. So that just shows you how fucking awesome Miguel Ferrer is. Mm-hmm. Rest in peace. This dude's fucking awesome. I loved him in pretty much everything he's been in. Mm-hmm. Like, he always plays a dick. <laughs> Robocop. Everybody exactly. knows him from Robocop. Yeah. Right, exactly. Um, then you have Matt McCoy, who I think he was like kind of an up-and-coming actor around this time, but he... He made some stinkers. Yeah. He, this movie didn't do all that well, and critics shit all over this movie because they just didn't understand it. Um, he was in uh, Police Academy movies. He took over uh, from Gutenberg and the yeah, Adams movies. Familiar <laughs> with me. The Hand the Rocks the Cradle. That's yes. what I really know him from. Right. Yeah. And all of a sudden, like after like those few movies where he's playing kind of like the main cute guy in a way, mm-hmm. he was kind of shit right into like a father role. Right. And never kind of recovered after that as like mm-hmm. a leading man. Uh, I remember also from uh, L.A. Confidential, he yep. was like in the, the TV guy as the, the he was based on the, uh, what's his face, his character from uh, L.A. Confidential, uh, Kevin Spacey's character, and they made a TV show about him, so mm-hmm. so that, I thought that was pretty cool. He's a very noticeable guy. Uh, you got... Uh, Cindy Pickett, who plays Ferris Bueller's mom. Yes, yeah. <laughs> I'll just go through this. Here's our actors. So we got Ferris Bueller's mom. We got one of the My Two Dads. We got Sergeant Lassard of Police Academy. We got Bob Morton from RoboCop. We got uh, Peter Parker's landlord, who is the Russian Yes, guy. thank you. That was driving yes. me crazy. Rent. <laughs> <laughs> and also, uh, now I've never watched Hill Street Blues, so nor did I know Toreen Black. Is that how you yes. say that? But a regular on Hill Street Blues and tons of TV. So he right. was definitely a guy. I just didn't right. really know. Uh, we also have the first guy killed in Prince of Darkness is in this movie. Yep. Mm-hmm. Uh, then we got uh, the sergeant from Friday the 13th in this movie, too. Yep. Mm-hmm. Um, so lots of, hey, it's that guy yes. working actors. Yeah. So, so the story of this movie is that uh, the Navy has set up these missiles at the bottom of the ocean so they can bring peace to the world, supposedly. Yeah, that's a little <laughs> muddled for me, but yes, all right. exactly, yeah. <laughs> So there's this, there's two different stations out there. There's the missiles where they're trying to kind of ease into the ocean floor so they can launch whenever. And then there's their station to where they operate everything out of. The, um, the whole um, plot is pretty much of them just trying to put these missiles down. But unfortunately, there's a cave system underneath the missiles. So if they put them down, the cable collapse and the whole mission will be kaput. Mm-hmm. So uh, the main guy of the the mission who planned all this and who who got the rights from the Navy to do this is like, just blow up the cave and we'll put the missiles down there. But when they blow up the cave, there's a monster down there, a sea creature that we don't really get to see until about halfway through the movie. How long was it into, in, into the movie until we saw the creature? It was one hour and seven minutes into the movie. Now, one hour and seven minutes. A couple of guys got, I guess, probably eaten pretty yes. early on. They disappear fast. Uh-huh. And then one of the ships gets slammed into by the monster, but you don't see anything. You don't see anything. So he makes his appearance, or her appearance. Right. It. Um, it's appearance <laughs> relatively early, but mostly you just see kind of the aftermath of it hitting that right. boat. Not boat, whatever it is. Submarine. Okay. Yeah. And then that's when everything goes fucking crazy. Yeah. People are getting killed. And then they have to set this plan in motion to... Um, they have protocols they have to follow. So this, their whole mission's a bust. They're going to take off. 
and they have to follow protocol with disbanding the missiles that they have down in the ocean. They're nukes. Mm -hmm. uh, they have three different options of which the Miguel Ferrer character, Snyder, has to make a decision of um, either uh, saying that they have to abandon the mission because of nature or of aggression or whatever, and he picks aggression. And when he picks that, the missiles are detonated and their whole spate, like uh, underwater... Uh, habitat is kind of destroyed and right. starts to flood and air is leaking and the nuclear reactor is fucked and everything is going to blow up so they big problems coming from everywhere yeah and that's the story that's that's pretty much it not a lot of science in this movie what would you call this movie i guess i would call it a horror movie uh-huh I mean, the monster doesn't show up until real late, but there are some horror movies that are like that. The right. monster doesn't show up until well over halfway through the movie. Okay. Uh, what would you To call me, it? if you watch this movie as a slasher movie, it makes a whole lot more sense. Okay. Because, okay, one, check out our director. Right. Directed Night, uh, I'm, I'm sorry, Friday the 13th, the and first produced, one. produced like all the others. And produced yeah. all the other ones. Mm -hmm. And what happens in that movie? We never see the killer until the very end. Yeah, yeah. Very, very end the of the movie. The first one especially, yeah. So, there goes that. Um, the music is by the guy who did Friday the 13th, mm -hmm. and you can tell by that in this in this story. Uh, this movie really has nothing to do with like other other ones like we said before like Leviathan mm -hmm. the Abyss uh, the Abyss is way more like uh, like scientific and science fiction and everything it is and um, and Leviathan is a lot more of like a creature metamorphosis kind of a thing movie not really a slasher it's more of a contagious thing going around it's focused more on the monster itself right yeah right. We're, and the Abyss is focused more on I feel like the claustrophobia that everybody is dealing with at yes. the bottom of the ocean. Way yeah. different kind of movies. Mm -hmm. They're not even the same the same category to me. Uh, another thing is, is if you notice the women in this movie, don't wear bras. Something, you know, you see a lot um, in, like, slasher movies. You see uh, chesty women, or you see a lot of sexuality on screen. So I kind of... And then there's a shower scene, too, in this movie. Yep. We're, just a sh we're, we're showing a shower scene underwater. Yeah. <laughs> so there we go. You're right. We have a shower scene in there, too. Mm -hmm. Our death scenes, which are fucking pretty good in this movie. I'll give it yeah. that. The mm -hmm. gore in here is pretty awesome. The first yeah. real death scene, I think, is pretty fun. Yeah. yeah. Uh, uh, where they tear that dude in half. Like, it's mm -hmm. on the cover of the fucking movie. Yeah. And you know it's coming. So <laughs> And that part is awesome. And that's the part that really, really sold me on this movie. Because that dude just torn right in half. Yeah. Fucking Sergeant Lassard got fucking annihilated. Bioshock suit. Yeah. Big Daddy suit. Yeah. And he gets <laughs> annihilated. <laughs> And that part was awesome. And that's when uh, the monster, what, an hour and seven minutes finally comes out, tears the guy apart, and he starts taking care of everyone else, just like a, sl a slasher movie. Mm -hmm. Takes him down one by one. The kills are gruesome, like in slasher movies. They really um, they really get in there for it. Mm -hmm. There's the um, the scene where um, the guy who made uh, all the... Who, who envisioned this whole project gets backs up into Schneider's like uh, nitrous dart uh, spear thing. Yeah. And his fucking heart blows out. That part was awesome. I was like, it is, but then like I couldn't feel, I already felt pretty bad for Miguel Ferrer's character. <laughs> and after that I was like, oh man. Yeah, he just keeps kind of getting really shit on. not yeah. his fault. No, yeah. it wasn't. Like, And seriously, who would put him in the back with this spear? Yeah, with the spear. <laughs> like, these characters have made pretty good decis decisions Peppered throughout this movie, I mean, yeah. they really worked well together. 
Um, there are some stupid decisions they do make, like the two guys who go lose their remote camera and first encounter this beast. Right. And, you know, they get caught and they weren't really supposed to do that. And the first two deaths. The first two deaths will, yeah. of this movie, yes. So I, 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 I got to say that this movie is pretty good. Yeah, they don't show the monster for the first hour of the movie. And just think of Jaws, how long it took to yeah, see the shark come it out. happens in horror movies, definitely. You get little glimpses throughout Jaws, but when you first see that shark is when Brody's like, yeah, hey, come down here and show us all this shit. And it comes out and you're like, oh, God. You know, that's it's like, what, appearance. 45 minutes into the movie? Even longer. Yeah. I would have to say almost an hour into mm-hmm. Jaws where you get a good clear picture of it mm-hmm. same with this movie there's a lot of suspense building up to it you don't have no idea what it looks like and then you get to see what it looks like and its impact is great because it tears that dude in half it bites yeah. him clean in half and then you got this monster swimming around your your little underwater station here um, kind of like you know deep blue sea in a way there's just sharks yeah. running around but you have this tri-mouth looking thing Yes, and the monster's pretty cool. The only thing I didn't like about it is its eyes. They kind of just like kind of glued on a little bit. Yeah, I think the monster looks like that weird spider thing at the very end of It from NBC. I think it looks <laughs> pretty bad. I think I'm it looks glad cool, they man. didn't show it. Well, they didn't show it a lot. Much. There's it'll be on screen for only like a second or two at a yeah. time. But at the time it's up there, it's pretty impactful, and I think it's good that you don't see it a lot. And then you just see it kind of swimming underwater, and you have. The, the tenseness, the tenseness of, is that a word? Tension. The tension, is yeah. That's what you're the, looking the for. The tenseness of this moment, the tension <laughs> of this moment with yeah. this unknown creature you don't, really don't know anything about. It's, right, it's scarier when you can't see it, and the ocean is the most terrifying thing that I can think of, and to be at the bottom of it when your ship is leaking is way yeah. scarier to me than that weird looking spider thing. Yeah, so I, that's, that's how I feel about this movie because you, you can't put it up against other underwater movies, really. This is a slasher movie with a monster. It's taking people out one by one. To be completely honest with you, I think The Meg ripped this movie off. Go and watch The Meg again and then watch this movie. Yeah, maybe. Yeah. This movie's way better than The Meg. Yeah, it sure. is. <laughs> on that, we agree. <laughs> yes, we agree on that one. Because, and you know what, I, I printed this out too because I, I really wanted to read these reviews and okay. just how off some of these critics were because it's crazy it, it, just how these critics out there, people who, I don't know, uh, have went to college for this shit, you know, and, and couldn't understand this movie. And I agree, this movie came out in the 80s, you know, and there weren't as many critics and there weren't computers, like internet around. True. To, to you sure can really search yeah. out who you like. So, uh, it, I mean, this was poorly received. This is like a zero Rotten Tomato <laughs> rating. Oh, ouch. But it's only by seven reviews. Oh, I see. Uh, so, uh, Variety gave the film a negative review, calling the film diluted by implausibility due to the monster's appearance being unrealistic rather than threatening, also criticizing the lack of centralized characters. I just talked about that. You don't need the centralized characters. You have an ensemble there, and that kind of keeps you on the edge of your seat, not knowing who's going to make it or not. If you're going to open up a movie and just constantly show just two people in this movie, you know how it's going to end. Yeah. This movie, if you just jumped right into it with all these different actors that pretty much are all on the same scale, then you never know who's going to be next. Nia Peoples in that movie, I thought 
I mean, if I were to see this for the first time, I thought she might have lived. Yeah. But she didn't. She gets killed, like, halfway through the movie. Like, the she first does. big attack, she, mm-hmm. she gets killed. Um, Time Out criticized the film's predictability and dialogue, stating the only inventive aspect of the film was the design of the monster. See, critics can't even agree on the monster. <laughs> yeah. Um, I agree that the monster did not look good. Um, it says, uh, Cunningham, Apes, Ridley Scott, and James Cameron, competently enough, and there are scary moments, but he's not got the vision thing. Once again, he wasn't making a James Cameron movie. He's making a slasher movie, and he, hell, he doesn't have near the budget James Cameron did for this film. I see what this critic is saying, though. I do think maybe Sean Cunningham was trying to cash in on those types of movies, but you are right. He was making a slasher movie under the sea. And yes. The, the Abyss and Leviathan are not that. Not even close. Not even in the, in the same genre, now, really. Alien, I might call a slasher movie in space. Yes, but yeah, okay, this is more yeah. akin to Alien. Yes, yeah. I agree mm-hmm. with that. Which is a slasher movie in space, right. for the most part. Mm-hmm. You mixed in a few more scientific things in there, but that's pretty much what it is. Yeah. Um, people think Alien is one of the scariest movies ever made, and I, I mean, I don't disagree with them. The Alien looks a lot better than this monster did. Yeah, though, of course. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but I, it's a slasher movie, and you know. so I give this movie a, a, a really strong B plus. I can't give it an A, um, just because I think you know there could have been a few more things in this movie to bring it up to an A, maybe. Um, uh, uh, a better death for a couple characters, but other than that, I think this is a pretty good movie, and I think people should really give this film a chance. Yeah. <laughs> That's I, my thoughts you know on what? that. I was going to give it a C, and after we talked about it, and your passion for it, and how it's a slasher under the sea. Under the sea. <laughs> I give it a C. Plus. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'll be I honest. I mean, if I... You know, my favorite part of it is easily Miguel Ferrer. I yes. really feel for that guy. And at the very beginning, you're like, man, what a cock. Yeah. And then later on, you're like, oh, this poor son of a bitch. Yeah, I know. <laughs> and that's, I think, the way he plays it, and also yes. the way that character is supposed to, the way he was written. Yeah. Fucking Bob Morton, man. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, made a mistake. <laughs> and, yeah, you had to erase that mistake. Yeah. From RoboCop. I know. I know. <laughs> so, uh, yeah. A C plus. C plus. Yeah. Nine kills, uh, no breasts, no penises, but we do see brawless action, like I was saying earlier. Mm-hmm. Slasher movie. A little bit of a stretch, but okay, all yeah. right. Yep. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, but yeah, I say check this one out. It is on Amazon Prime right now. Um, don't compare it to other underwater movies. If you are, compare it to The Meg, because that's, I think, is the closest to it. And this is way better. So I guess watch The Meg first, and then you get the taste out of your mouth. Watch this movie. You're coming out with The Meg too. I heard. Why? I know. It did well, huh? It did. Were well, we the only ones who thought it was stupid? No, I expected a lot of it did. to be stupid. I yeah, just it was also stupid. expected it to be fun, yeah, and it wasn't. Yeah, it wasn't all that fun. Yeah. But I'm looking forward to what is that? Uh, 47 meters down. Ooh, yeah, uncaged. the yeah. sequel. <laughs> Dude, yeah, there's some good ones or, or interesting ones coming out. Yeah. Uh, Crawl. Crawl. By I'm excited about. Alejandro. Aja. Yeah. Alejandro. What? How do you say the name? The, the French guy, I believe. I think he's French. Uh, who did like The Hills Have Eyes? And mm-hmm. uh, so I'm really looking forward to that one. I love alligator movies, man. Yeah. It scared the shit out of me, but I love them. 
Lake Placid, great. Alligator, not so great, but still kind of funny. Alligator 2, I still need to say that one. <laughs> the mutation. Uh, but yeah, alligator movies fucking roll. Shark movies roll. The two yeah. things that scare the shit out of me and that are real. I mean, I fucking love those movies. And Crawl is rated R, right? I believe so, Because yeah, the yes. Meg was rated PG-13, which is part of the problem. Yeah. <sighs> yeah. It did really well in China. I think that's where it was released first, and it was co-produced with China, too. So you get a lot of that Chinese money going in there, yeah, and you bring okay. it out to China. I believe it opened there first before it came to the I United States. I think he said States. that, yeah. So uh, China had a big deal with it, and I don't know about their censors as much over well, here. Well, that's what I was thinking. A lot of stuff gets chopped up, so they're used to seeing PG-13. Right. Um, and, you know, there was know. an article about... How they were thinking about making this R, and there were scenes that they were going to do, but ended up not doing. I'll have to read up about that again, but I'm really looking forward to those movies. Uh, the shark and alligator movies and crocodile stuff. Yeah, coming read out. them R. Yeah, fuck it, just, yeah, why? why <sighs> Show us some gore, that's why yeah. we're here. Come on, all, it, it did so well. Yeah. R rating, Deadpool, R rating, just make it fucking good yeah. and entertaining, and then there you go, you got it. Anyway, I think that about does it for us this uh, episode. I think so, yeah. Any final thoughts about Deep Star 6? Uh, it's available check it out. on Amazon Prime for right. free. We didn't free, yeah, it was it. free. Yeah. Uh, mm-hmm. So definitely get it for free. And if you don't have Amazon Prime yet, get Amazon Prime. It's cheap. There's shitloads of movies. 99% of them are shit, but hey, uh, they're still kind of fun to watch if you just want to kick back. Uh, if you ever want to have your own extra prime, then that's the time to do it. To watch these yeah. horrible kick-ass action movies, which I should be doing another action prime pretty you soon. Should. I should do one for next next episode. We should do an action movie for next episode too. Yeah, we should. Do All right, I'll pick an action movie. I think I already have one picked out for us. It's one that we both enjoy. I won't tell you just yet. Okay, don't tell me. Uh, and I will say it on here. You got to be a surprise. Damn it. I'm excited. Well, yeah, Amazon Prime has, I mean, usually if I'm looking for something, I'll find it on Amazon Prime. Not always, but, like, I just rented MST3K's Pod People. Yeah? Mm-hmm. Yeah, nice. It was one of the first movies that we ever talked about. Right, yeah. The day that we met. Yes. 14 years ago today. 14 years ago, we were sitting on someone's back porch talking about Pod People. <laughs> <laughs> Show me anyone else who would do that. <laughs> so movies, obviously, was the big connector. Yeah, and now we're doing a podcast. <laughs> Still going. <laughs> All right, thank you once again for joining us, and we will be back next week. Thanks for listening. 